So today we are beginning a brand new series called The Remnant. Now I got to tell you, this is not the series I'd planned to do. We had to postpone the series with all the graphics and all the, all the sermons we've already put together because about a week ago, I think it was two weeks ago, uh, God stopped me and said, no, this is what I want you to preach. And you know this is a word I've been talking about the past few months is that God has saved the remnant. He has kept a remnant of the church during this pandemic, during this past year, and God wants to use the remnant. You are part of that remnant. And so we're going to talk about that today. If you've got a Bible, copy of the scriptures, go to Acts chapter 1. That's where we're going to be today. If you don't have one, download Version. great app. In fact, um, on Version, we have our, our daily devotional that will go right along with today's sermon. If you don't get that daily devotional, check it out on social media or sign up for our email updates at corechurch.com. But as we talk about this idea of, of the remnant, I want, just turn to somebody, wherever you are, in, in your neighborhood gathering, just tell them, you are the remnant. You are the remnant. And what I have been saying the past few months is that as part of the remnant, we have a responsibility. So turn back and say, you have a responsibility. You have a responsibility. So what is that responsibility? We're going to talk about this over the next couple of weeks. And today, the title of my message is Remnant Ready. Remnant Ready. I don't even know what that means. I just think it sounds amazing. And whatever it is, I'm all in. I want it. Okay? So let's go to Acts chapter 1. Acts chapter 1. And uh, if you're new to the scriptures, let me just catch you up here. Jesus has been crucified. He's risen from the grave. We celebrated that last Sunday, Resurrection Sunday, Easter Sunday. And then he appeared to about 500 of his followers all over the place, including his disciples. And as we're going to see here in a minute, 120 in a room. And, and here he is now meeting with his disciples. There's not 12. There's only 11 left because one of them, obviously Judas, betrayed him. But these 11 are gathered with him and they're the remnant, and they're, they're the ones that are left, and they're wondering, what now? That's the question I think all of us are asking, what now? And so let's, let's read this scripture here together. Acts chapter 1, let's start in verse 4. It says, once when he was eating with them, so this is after the resurrection, he was eating with them, he commanded them. Now, he, did, he didn't suggest this. <laughs> he commanded it. Do not leave Jerusalem until the Father sends you the gift he promised, as I told you before. John baptized with water, but in just a few days, you're going to be baptized with the Holy Spirit. I think some of you today are going to get baptized with the Holy Spirit. So just get ready, because I believe God is going to unleash something today. It says this in verse 6, so when the apostles were with Jesus, they kept asking him, hey, Lord, has the time come for you to free Israel and restore our kingdom? So again, remember, these, they, they're, they're confused. They don't know, they have to try to figure out what's going on. Jesus said he was going to set up a kingdom. They thought it was an earthly kingdom. He's been resurrected from the dead. They're still struggling to understand it because they think, okay, now, now, now comes the kingdom on the earth. And Jesus says, hang on a second here. This is what Jesus says to them. The Father alone has the authority to set those dates and times, and they are not for you to know. But you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you, and you will be my witnesses, telling people about me everywhere, in Jerusalem, throughout Judea, in Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. Let's talk about remnant ready. Wherever you are, let's pray for a moment. Father, 
in this moment, would you speak to each of us? Uh, there's so many distractions when we're watching online, and, and we just need you, God. To, there's certain points in this message you're going to want to speak, and I just pray in that moment your spirit would quicken us to listen and to focus, and you, we would hear what you want to, us to hear today. In Jesus' name and in your neighborhood gathering, everybody said amen, amen. Well, every Friday night at our house is a pizza and movie night. Has been for a long, long time. I make some homemade pizza. We watch a movie together. But probably like you, with you, when you gather with your friends or your family, trying to find something to watch is always frustrating because either there's nothing to watch or there's nothing that everyone wants to watch together. So I, I found a movie, though, that I thought would remedy that. I found a movie that's called Time Machine. I don't know if you've ever heard of this. It's a movie from the 90s. I think I saw it back in the 90s, and I just remembered it being a really cool movie. What I didn't remember about it was that it's the Orson Welles book. That's key. I'd never read the Orson Welles book. Had I read the Orson Welles book, it would have saved me a lot of what I'm going to talk about here for just a moment. And so we sit down to watch this movie, and, and the first 20 minutes, amazing, incredible movie. I mean, it, it was so, so good. And so we're watching this movie, and we're into it 20 minutes. I mean, it's like setting is like the 1800s. You've got the girls with their women with their little fl fluffy, wide, puffy dresses and the little, you know, the umbrellas where they're twisting them. And I mean, Laura's looking at me at that point. She's like, you just nailed it there, honey. You just did it. I was like, that's right. I demand. That's right. I did that. I did that. And it, and it had a, the guy was building the time machine. I was like, this is for me. This is so great. And then all of a sudden, he gets in the time machine. <laughs> and the entire movie changed. Like, it became a completely different movie. It, it, I, it, he goes like 80 million years in the future. And then there's these weird, crazy creatures. They're like these sand creatures. They come up out of the ground, and they're grabbing people. They, and they've got these weird masks on. I, I, think it, I think it's supposed to be their face, but it looks like this mask that they have over their heads. And I can't tell whether they're human or what it is. Uh, and, and they're grabbing people and pulling them under the sand. And I'm like, okay. And... Then it's at that point where you probably done this. You know, we should just shut this off. We should just watch something else. But now you're so into it, you got to figure out how does it end. And so we're trying to watch this, and then, then we come to the ending, but it's not the end. You've ever been there on that? Like, you think it's the end of the movie, and then, oh, wait, there's another ending. And then this one had like three or four of them to the point where I paused it, and I was like, how much time? And I'm like, oh, my goodness, there's like 30 minutes left in this movie. I don't know if we can do this. But we, we just grunted our way, grinded our way to the end of that, that movie. And just at the end of it, I just thought, well, there was no redeeming value in that whatsoever. There's two hours I'm never going to get back. Have you ever been there on that? I think the crazy thing is, is that kind of describes this past year perfectly. Have we not felt like we were stuck in a time machine? I mean, think about it. Like, we all went into 2020 thinking, hey, man, this is the first couple of months. This is great. Everything's wonderful. Look, everybody's got their puffy dresses on with their umbrellas. This is so great. And then, boom, it just, like, became a, a completely different movie. And you're like, what happened here? And then it's like, then there are people coming up out of the sand. They got masks on. They're grabbing people. You're like, what's going on? There's masks everywhere. And these are, are these the bad people? Are these the good people? I can't tell. And, and then you think, here's the, you think it's the end? You remember that? This is the end? Oh, no, it's not the end. Oh, wait, no, this is the end. Oh, no, that's, that's not the, the end either. And you look back at this past year. I don't know how you feel about it. <laughs> I look back this past year, and I'm like, well, 
because there's no redeeming value in that whatsoever. There's a year I'm not going to get back. I mean, it just feels like it was a complete waste of time. But I, I believe that God wants the church to look at this past year a little bit differently because God never wastes anything. Now, I know when you look back at this past year, you, you, you think, I'm not so sure about that. When you look at your work, you, you, I mean, you're watching from home, your, 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 your kids, if you've got kids and, and schooling or if you're in college and what's happened at, at your university. And, 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 and let's just talk about church. Like, look at how we're doing church. You're like, you got to be kidding me. Like, what is this? <laughs> because I'm sitting on my couch and maybe you're sitting there with neighbors and coworkers or family or, or friends and you're like, this is not how I thought it would be or I expected it to be. And what we see throughout the scriptures is during difficult times, God always looks for a remnant. He's, he's always looking for people who are committed to him people who are dedicated to him. And let me just say, because you're watching right now, you have not given up, you have persevered, and you said, no, I am all in. You are part of the remnant. Turn to somebody and tell them, you are the remnant. You are the remnant. And God says the remnant has a responsibility. We have a responsibility. He's set us apart to rebuild and to restore what the enemy has taken. We got to get remnant ready. It is time to get remnant ready. So that's what's going on here in the scriptures. Jesus says he's getting ready to do something. His resurrection has taken place and there's just a remnant that remains. And Jesus says, no, something's getting ready to happen. I'm going to use the remnant. Look back at Acts chapter 1, verse 4. He says, do not leave Jerusalem until the Father sends you the gift he promised, as I told you before. Listen, the Holy Spirit is one of the greatest gifts you will receive. Like this, this is where it started. The power and the presence of the Holy Spirit in our lives, this is that moment when it happened, where we received this incredible gift that is at our disposal, that God wants to work through us in this world. And Jesus says, John baptized with water, but say this with me in your gathering, in just a few days. In just a few days, you will be baptized with the Holy Spirit. Now, this is confusing to the disciples, to say the least. I mean, they're Think about this. They, they, they thought that he was going to do a kingdom. Then he gets killed. They thought it was over. Then he's resurrected. Then they thought the kingdom and now something else. It's, it's kind of like that movie scenario all over again. They're like, wait, they, they've gone from crowds of like 15,000 plus people coming to hear Jesus speak to now around 500 of his followers left. And now it's these 11 who are gathered together their heads are spinning and he says this in in just a few days like and i can just see the disciples at this point is this like amazon like two-day shipping like he's gonna be here in a couple of days can i track it on my phone can i do that you know because they're looking outside the door is it here yet is it here because we all do that right with an amazon package you know when you know when that knock comes on the door you know that knock comes on the door you go that's got to be amazon you open up the door and you're like 
There's a neighbor there. You're like, what are you doing here? Neighbors don't knock on the door anymore. Amazon is the only one who knocks on the door anymore. So here's the disciples, and I can just see them. They're like, Peter's like, is that it? Is, I, was that it? You know, is, wait, there it is. There it is. No, no. Oh, no, sorry. False alarm. Has a neighbor's porch light. My bad, guys. My bad. Not, not, not here yet. I mean, they're just wondering, and I, I think this describes the church right now. Our heads are spinning. A year ago, you were here in our auditorium, and we were all gathering, a large group gathering, worshiping and praising God, and now you're, you're in your home, and you're like, wait, what, wait, what's happening? And I believe that Jesus is saying to the church, man, hang on, wait, because I'm getting ready to do something. In fact, Jesus talked to his disciples, and that's what he said. He said, trust me, everything is about to change in just a few days. I believe those are the words that God is speaking to his church right now. I have sensed it. I have felt it. There's been rumblings of it. I've been talking to other pastors. I'm not just talking about core church here. I'm talking about the church universal around the world. As I talk to pastors, as I talk to leaders, we sense it. We feel it. We are going to be a part of a great awakening. Come on, turn to somebody and tell them you're about to get woke. You're about to get woke. You know what I mean by that. So Jesus says, trust me, in just a few days. Now, now when I say that, I'm not saying, you know, hey, in just a few days, it's going to be the end of the pandemic. It's all going to be over. No more masks. No more social distancing. Everything back to, quote, unquote, normal. No, 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 no. If that's what you think, that's not what I'm talking about. No, it's so much bigger. It's so much richer. It's so much. It's the gift of the Holy Spirit. God wants to pour out his presence and his power on his church. Now, Here's the thing, it's easy to trust when you have clarity, but God is asking us, the remnant, to trust him right now in times of uncertainty. There is no clarity, there is no certainty, and he's saying, do you trust me? What's interesting is Israel, in their history, faced many, many times of uncertainty. Many times they were in captivity, and one point they were in Babylon, and there was just a remnant that, that remained. And when they were enslaved in Babylon, all they wanted was just to go back to normal. Like, can we just get out of this and get back to the way things were? And then God spoke to the people of Israel through the prophet Isaiah, and he said this in Isaiah 43, 18. He said, forget all that. Come on, turn to somebody in your gathering and, and tell them, forget normal. Forget normal. What God is getting ready to do, it is nothing compared. Listen to this. God says, it's nothing compared to what I'm about to do. Say this next part with me. Say it what? For I am about to do something new. God is about to do something new. The way the church was pre-pandemic ain't going to be what the church looks like post-pandemic. God is getting ready to do something new. See, I have already begun. Do you not see it? I'm going to make a pathway through the wilderness, I'm going to create rivers through the dry wasteland. Now, right now, don't we just want things to get back to normal? But God is trying to say to us, the church, no, don't, don't go back to normal. I want to do something new. That sounds exciting. But the truth is, the majority of us, we don't really like new. Oh, we act like we like new, but we don't like new because new requires change. <laughs> Nobody likes change. It's why you refuse to update the software on your phone. 
that little red dot, that little number one. You know what it's crying out, and it keeps screaming at you. Do you want me to install it tonight? And what do you do? No, wait till later. Because you know when it updates it, oh, I'm going to have to put a new password in, and then I'm going to add the new security settings, and, and everything's going to be in weird places, and I'm not going to know what's going on, and what's happening? We just want normal. We don't want to move to the new because we crave familiar. We, we crave safe. So did the disciples. I mean, that's, that's what they asked Jesus. They're like, hey, has the time come? To, are you going to free Israel? Are you going to restore the kingdom? Are, are you going to do what you said? You know, is it going to be that, that normal? Are you going to get us back to normal? And Jesus says, no, 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 no. I'm going to do something unlike the world has ever seen before. In fact, we're going to see here in a few minutes, you're going to flip, flip to chapter 2, and 120 people are going to change the world. Think about it. 120 people literally cha- changed the face of planet Earth. 120 people became billions and billions of people, something they could have never, ever imagined or dream. And that's why I believe we have got to get remnant ready. Turn to somebody to ask them, are you remnant ready? Are you remnant ready? Some of y'all are like, I still don't even know what remnant ready means. It's okay. I don't either. It just sounds great. It just, you know, whatever it is, I'm all in. I want it. I believe God is getting ready to change the world once again. This is a moment of destiny for his church. You have been birthed into a time that will be written in history. I believe God is getting ready to do something big. And I believe that when you look back over this past year, come on, it has been like a dry wasteland, has it not? But listen, it's in the dry wasteland that God does his best work. In this past year, he has been building strength. He has been putting grit in you. He's been building your trust. He's been giving you confidence, giving you strength, giving you power. He has been chipping away at the things that, he, that, that maybe are not like him that you, you've been holding on to. And he says, I want you to let that go. Listen, God does his best work in the wasteland. Don't waste the wasteland. Oh, write that down. Somebody write that down. Hand it out to everybody in your neighborhood gathering. Don't waste the wasteland. Let's look at verse 8. This is what Jesus said. You're going to receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you. And you're going to be my witnesses, telling people about me everywhere. And say this next part with me in your gathering. In Jerusalem, throughout Judea, in Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. Oh, come on. Y'all are just whispering. I can even hear you through your TV say, Now, come on. Everybody, come on. In your gathering, say it with me. This is, this is what I'm getting ready to preach, okay? In Jerusalem, say it with me, throughout Judea, in Samaria, and the ends of the earth. This call is not just reserved for these 11 or the 120 or the 500 who are scattered out all over the place that he had appeared to. No, this is a call for all humanity. This is a call for the entire church worldwide, and this is a call for you and me. It's a call for the remnant. This is what he's calling, and the remnant, listen, the remnant are the witnesses. That's who we are. We're witnesses of the power of the Holy Spirit. What does that look like in the past year where others are shaken? You have stood in your faith. That's what makes you the remnant. In times of doubt, you you struggled a little bit with doubt, but you but you but you dug in and you said, "I'm going to trust 
in the Lord. That's, that marks you as the, as the remnant. When others have been confused and, and, and wondering and, and wandering, you, you have not. You said, no, I, I, I'm going to have confidence. I may not have certainty, but I'm going to have confidence in God. I'm not going to wander. I am focused, and that makes you part of the remnant. That's the witness of the Holy Spirit. That's where people around you start to notice something different. They're witnessing the power of the Holy Spirit in your life. And I believe what God is calling us to do is he's calling us to Jerusalem, to Judea, to Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. Now, yeah, I know you're like, wait, 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 hang on a second. Wait a minute, wait, wait. I, I ain't going to the Middle East. I don't even know what you're talking about, preacher. I mean, unless, of course, do they have a beach near Samaria and a nice Airbnb right there, just to right off the, I'll go there. But what, what is Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and the ends of the earth? Well, when we hear this, we kind of dismiss it because we think, oh, yeah, that's, that's, the, that's for those, those people in Bible times. But no, 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 it's, it's bigger than that. Like for, for them, Jerusalem meant Jerusalem for the remnant. Like they, in fact, we, we read in Acts chapter 2, the end of it, that they went house to house. And it says the Lord added to their numbers daily. The Lord added to their numbers daily. I've been saying this so long now. We are all missionaries on mission assigned to a mission field. I believe God is sending you into your neighborhood, into your workplace, onto your campus. We've been talking about being the everyday church. I mean, just imagine like, getting up every day and looking for opportunities to, to serve. And I say, man, God, I'm going to pray. I'm going I'm I'm to pray for people that don't know Jesus, and I'm going to look for opportunities to do good. And you've already started doing that, and some of you are so stirred up on that. You've been praying every day, and God's been doing things. You're recognizing things as we've gone through that series, Everyday Church. I, I've been hearing from you. You're like, I've started praying for people that don't know Jesus on my campus, in my workplace, in my neighborhood. And the crazy thing that's happening is I'm meeting my neighbors for the very first time. I'm, I'm ta- having conversations with people at work that I didn't think I'd ever have conversations about. And I'm telling you, God is is going to use you in ways you could never imagine. Imagine that moment. You've been having these conversations with somebody, spiritual conversations, so long, and you invite them to your, your core group, and they show up, and man, next thing you know, they're, they're asking questions, and they're seeing there's people just like them. Imagine you tell your core group, like my friend from work's coming. He's coming next week to group, and how excited the group begins to pray. <laughs> Can you imagine how amazing that would be? Then they show up. Everybody's excited meeting them and greeting them, and they feel the love and the acceptance of Jesus Christ and, and the love of God's people in that moment because you invited them into your core group. I mean, just imagine, like, if then one day they said, hey, I think I might be a Christian. I'm not sure, uh, but I think I might be. And imagine you and maybe some of the members of your group start explaining what it means to be a follower of Jesus. Next thing you know, they pray, and they give their life to Jesus. And, and, and imagine you go out in the back where there's a pool because, you know, the best core groups have pools. So, I, I mean, if I'm going to a core group, they better have a pool. And so if you're a core group leader, you might want to install a pool because we're getting ready to do a lot of baptisms at our core groups, okay? I'm just speaking that in, in, <laughs> prophetically into the future, okay? So <laughs> anyway, just scratch that. But imagine that like, you get into the pool, but you get in, not me, not, not, not some other pastor. You get in the pool because they're your friend, and you baptize them. I believe Jerusalem moments are coming in our church, but not just Jer- Jerusalem, Judea. They, they were spread out in Judea. The, the remnant went outside of Jerusalem, and we, we see that, that some had to leave the familiarity of the temple and go into other areas where they weren't regularly coming. Listen. This is when we talk about church in the neighborhood, we are serious about that. 
I believe this is the new, one of the new things that God is getting ready to birth in the church. Church in your home. Now hear me on this. Some of you, you're not coming back to the large group gathering. What? The Holy Spirit is going to fall on you, and he's going to call you out, and he's going to say, what I want you to do is invite your coworkers. I, you know that lady at the school that, you, you, that you've been talking to? I want you to invite her into your home on a Sunday morning and start watching the service. You know those neighbors that you saw raking their leaves out this weekend planting flowers? I want you to start ministering to them, reaching out to them, loving them, doing good in their life, and then I want you to invite them into your home so you can watch church together. And I believe a church in the neighborhood is gonna be birthed in your home. And what you're doing right now, you're gonna keep doing. How do I know that? Why do I believe that? Because it's already happening. There are neighborhood gatherings that are already taking place where people said to me, I said, hey, you can come back. Maybe you missed the, the band and, and all of that and, and all the people. And, and I, I've had conversations where they said, it's too good. I mean, it's not that we don't want to come back, but what's happening in our home is it's too good. We're not coming back because there's people to reach and there's people that won't go to that big building. They're not coming to the big building but they will come to your home. And I believe the Spirit is gonna fall on you, and guess what, you're gonna be one of those people and he's gonna call you out, and I'm excited about that, and it's gonna scare you to death, but you can do it. Come on, turn to somebody and tell them, you can do it, you can do this, you can do this. All right, I gotta keep going, I'm, I'm getting all fired up here. I'm so fired up today, but this is, this is so good what God's getting ready to do. Behold, I'm getting ready to do something new. And he said, you're gonna go to Samaria. Now, I, I don't have time to preach this, but I'm just going to tell you this. The Jews did not like the Samaritans. The Samaritans did not like the Jews. They were enemies. So I would imagine in that moment, they're like, I ain't going. I ain't going to go to them. Uh-uh. I don't like them people. They ain't like me. They don't talk like me. They don't think like me. I, I ain't going to do it. But some did. Some took the hard call. And I, what I believe is that God is going to be birthing in you this idea of going and ministering to the forgotten, the overlooked and the marginalized, ministering to the people that nobody else really wants to minister to. I believe God is gonna birth ministries in this church, ministries in you. You are gonna start a ministry, and others in our congregation are gonna come alongside you and join with you. And people's lives are gonna be forever changed with the hope and the healing and the peace and the purpose of Jesus Listen, some of you, God's already, listen, some of you, God has already told you what he wants you to do. And you've just been, you've been, well, I'm, I don't have the resources, I don't have the money, and I'm just waiting on this. Listen, I don't know what you're waiting on, but I commission you, okay? You are commissioned today. Get going. Your ministry starts right now. And then finally, okay, so the final thing here is that he said, you're going to go to the ends of the earth. And we see that in Acts chapter 8, that the church was scattered <laughs> to the ends of the earth. Listen, we are already at the ends of the earth. You, you know about this. We've been in Guatemala. I mean, we had a mission team that was scheduled to go, but couldn't go during the pandemic. We are working on that again. We're working on dates of going down to Guatemala. When we went to Guatemala, we fed. I shouldn't say when we went. We haven't gone yet. 
but, but in Guatemala, we have fed over 2,000 people who were starving to death in the middle of the pandemic. There were widows down there. There were orphans down there that we gave bedding to. We gave uh, mattresses to. We gave home furnishings to to try to help them through these difficult times. And I believe God is going to send some of you to Guatemala. Some of you are going to go down there, and some of you are going to fall in love with Guatemala, and you're going to say, that my ministry is there, and I'm going to find a way to minister there. Then we're on the other side of the planet. We are in Ethiopia. Listen, I don't. That, yeah, that's is the other side of the planet. I'm terrible at geography, but they're, they're, on the other side of the planet, we are already in Ethiopia. I mean, Pastor Emmanuel and his beautiful wife Kia and, and little Louie, man, Louie is such a cute kid. They have started a church in the middle of this pandemic, and they, they, they're starting a soccer ministry right there on the soccer fields. Um, they've just gotten permission to show the Jesus film. They're going to do an evangelistic outreach to thousands of people. They've been in the schools putting shoes on children that don't have shoes, and we're planning to go to Ethiopia, and we're going to give opportunities for you to go to Ethiopia, and when you go, you're going to fall in love with these people just like I've fallen in love with these people. You, my friend, are going to go to the ends of the earth. Now, I know when I say all this you probably like the disciples are going how how are we gonna do this there's only a few of us yeah turn the page acts chapter 2 it's 120 of them it says this on the day of pentecost say this with me all the believers all the believers are meeting together in one place it's not about god using a few individuals it's about using him using all of us together you have a part to play you have a place to go and you have a people to serve. You have a part to play, a place to go, and a people to serve. The world is changed by the remnant. It's changed by the remnant. It's changed by the few. It's changed by the few who allow the Holy Spirit to do a work in them. Are you willing to be open because what happened next was the fire of God fell on those people. They were empowered with the presence of God and they went out and they changed the world. And I believe this, God is getting ready to have his fire fall on you, even in your living room, even on that workout bench, even in your backyard, your apartment, your dorm. I don't know, maybe you're riding your bike down the parkway. I don't know where you are, but the Holy Spirit, you better pull over to the side of the road if you're watching this right now. You shouldn't be watching it when you're driving. But I'm just telling you, whatever you're doing, the Spirit of God wants to fall on you, and He wants you to go as the remnant, and He wants to use you to change the world. We have got to get remnant ready.